And we're back again. It's uh, DPIY with me, the Senseless Apprentice, and my co-host, Mr. Verano. Having trouble there saying your name? You kind of stuttered a couple times. Uh, you know, once it's said, it's set, but I wanted to change it for a while. Anyway. Uh, did you finish finally watching Moon Knight? I know we talked about this for all <laughs> 10 people maybe listening. Um, I have kept up with Moon Knight, and I thought it was great. Um, sad to hear that they're not doing another season as far as I heard. Oh, no. I And this is what I've noticed that this is what they do now is, this, and it, I mean, it makes sense, but the studios wait for the fan reaction. Because, you know, critical reaction seems to be going the way of the payola again. But the fan reaction is often something different. And so, um, yeah, I've, I, I did watch the rest of Moon Knight. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they actually did now kind of hint towards it being continued in some way like there's more threads to to follow um and i think that our discussion at the end of this about uh i read the age of conch and so i think that our discussion at the end of this will kind of um also tie in but yeah i think they are doing a second season of moon knight or maybe they didn't they said they weren't i forgot i read something about them confirming second seasons i thought moon knight was one where they, it went from season, series finale to season finale in the in disney plus but i could be mistaken you could be right i hope so i've only read like a couple article titles and it just seemed like this was last week that they were essentially unsure and they, they mostly just wrote it as that it um but i hope that's a report <laughs> I hope not. I thought it was possible. What sucks is that we're recording. We could easily check this, but we're using our phones. So. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Like, yeah. Because ser- seriously, I do think I heard. So- Sorry, what? I, I, if we do, like, we're just going to go into a longer tangent than we need to. Yeah, no, but I, I do think I read something somewhere about. Uh, First, they said Moon Knight wasn't gonna is, was gonna be. I know that Hawkeye isn't gonna have a second season. I'm for sure of that. Um, I thought they were gonna evolve it into something else. Well, yeah, all the characters are gonna be pushed into other things. That's why they're being introduced. They're to the you know their the, their goal is to have another end game. You know, they that. I mean, that made sense every... to me about Hawkeye. That's all I'm saying. Like Moon Knight, it's a little different. And so I'm like, damn. That's but that's why I'm saying like the the discussion of the comic that I read at the end of this, um, the, like I, I I bitched about Moon Knight uh, a comic, Moon Knight comic I read a while ago and said it was kind of boring. This one was not boring, and honestly, like if the Moon Knight of the show becomes the Moon Knight of Age of Khonshu, that would actually be pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, I read that also. Yeah, um, it's it's so, but we'll get there. Um, so yeah, I did yeah. enjoy Moon Knight. Um, mm-hmm. I like some of the creative edits they did. I like the uh, Scarlet Scarab and uh, that whole storyline. So, and great visual effects too. Ah, uh, they were awesome. The hippo made me laugh so hard when she said hi. 
I also, oh man, and I also loved the uh, the post credit scene where we can't we can ba- like, I mean, the show's barely out. We could spoil the fuck out of it, but uh, not really stopping you to do that, huh? And I really don't know what's stopping you to do that. <laughs> Just I, well, honestly, like one month, two months later. Uh, my opinion is who gives a shit, but uh, it's it, the season finale just dropped, and it's actually like a really good reveal. So, damn it, I'm just gonna say it's a really good reveal and leave it at that. Um, <laughs> All right, so, and on sad news, um, Legends of Tomorrow and Batwoman are both canceled. Yeah, I mean, kind of saw for Batwoman, unfortunately. Yeah, the but writing was on the wall there. And Legends of Tomorrow, I was hoping for another season because it was introducing Booster Gold and he is such a fuck up as a superhero. It's a star. Yeah, but you know, you know that the, re- like, if Donald, if Donald Faison is going to be Booster Gold, who's playing Skeets? I don't know, but whoever originally did the voice in the shows did a really good Skeets. No, 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 no. If Donald Faison is, uh, <laughs> if if Christopher Turk is Booster Gold, then uh, JD is going to be, you know, the Skeets. So you know that if they got to it next season, if they actually introduce Skeets, no. it's going to be Zach Braff. That would ruin it. <laughs> no, that is exactly who. That Come would on. So- they're they're like they 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 do a podcast together right now like they're best friends. There's no there's no way that wasn't the casting plan. Like we want to bring you on as Booster Gold. We want to bring you on as this funny kind of like offbeat superhero, and he's gonna be your sarcastic sidekick, fucking floating robot named after a mosquito. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> I um... wanted to see it. But I did like how they didn't take themselves serious. The last season was hysterical. Um, At least not taking themselves seriously around season four. <laughs> but I, I thought it was just a shame because they just seemed to have really good chemistry. And the show is just so funny. As yeah. it, it just kept turning and turning. So. And from a, for history buffs, it was nice that they went through, like, they went through, they go through real history and you know, fuck it up, but yeah, like... and it's funny. <laughs> Hence so, the name tomorrow. So, yeah. yeah. Um, you saw more of it. I did I not. Did. Get it. I was trying to, and I kind of forgot. So Morbius is. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to people and say like, oh yeah, it's a great movie. No, it's 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 an average okay movie. Uh. Not as bad as many some critics will paint it, but you know it would be really good if they could have stretched it out and actually made it a show, like a streaming service show. Um, you know, because there were just some parts. The reason the parts that I didn't like were parts that were just underdeveloped. You, they kind of just made the viewer assume certain things, and just you know it didn't it didn't land as much as it could have if they had time to honestly explore it in a longer format but sony doesn't have a streaming service so you know fuck that idea um but you know it 
horrible for you know i just view the sony stuff that sony's trying to do is kind of the ultimate universe to marvel's 616 you know it's uh if the mcu is 616 it's something that's different but just similar enough to that you know you still want to you're still you still want to watch it out of morbid curiosity yeah, well, my curiosity is how bad it might be and how good some spots can be. The trailers seem great, and Jared Leto isn't. It's Jared Leto, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jared Leto is a really good actor. So I, I was more intrigued to see his version of Morbius. So that well, is what gotten, tomorrow. He's got an excellent supporting cast around him. He's. It's not. It's not a bad movie. It's just you know. It's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. I guess I can't expect too much. So maybe it's yeah. an app. Maybe you're like, that's what I expected. Go with a low bar for your... Like, that's the thing is everybody has such a high bar for their entertainment. They think they're... Speaking... a fucking critic. <laughs> speaking of... Huh? Speaking of, you're the one with a high bar half the time. A high bar? I have a... <laughs> I, I what I like is usually shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh Doctor Strange I did get to see. Um and I did not. <laughs> yes, on this flip side, I did get to see it. It is great. Amazing visual effects. Definitely a movie you have to watch more than once because visually there's a lot going on. Um good introduction of characters. Into the movie. Uh, as far as I'm really going to say, I don't ruin it for you and for anybody who really somehow listens to us. Yeah. The trick is that they use Patrick Stewart's voice, but um, James McAvoy's, you know, face. So. Huh? That was one of the cameos. Oh, are you sure? <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. I was like, what? Of course not. Not Luke Picard? Yes, he's awesome. Yeah, I know, but I was joking that it's a, it's a Professor Xavier joke, the, the people who played him. Yeah, those Professor Xavier jokes are terrible. <laughs> Most of them are. Um, all right, so today we're looking at Cable and Deadpool issue 26 we're, we're over the middle point we're halfway there uh, this one is has a long form title Blood of Apocalypse prequel Born Again Part 1 with eyes closed so <laughs> I, 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 I had to look at it, into it basically they use Cable and Deadpool to lead into an X-Men story where Apocalypse comes back. It, it was, um, not to spoil the fucking end, but it's pretty much spoiled from the beginning. So, um, the, yeah, the, this is a lead into, uh, after M-Day, after the Scarlet Witch, uh, Apocalypse comes back and is like, it's my mission to, bring back the mutant population and he's like repowered some depowered mutants in you know horrible apocalypse ways so anyway the the writer of this issue 
is Fabian Nasseza. The pencils are by Lan Medina. Lan Medina. Uh, the inks are by Ed Tadeo. Uh, the colors are just by Gotham. And the letters are by Visual Calligraphy's Corey Petit. Uh, the recap page is Deadpool and Apocalypse standing back to back, but not in a buddy cop movie. Almost like uh, Lethal Weapons. <laughs> I might be dating myself on that one. Screw it. Uh, sort of when Deadpool is leaning on Apocalypse, like he's too cool for this shit. And the effect is something like he snuck up on Apocalypse, and the image we see is how he chose to reveal himself to the villain. Uh, the content of the page is less of a narrative explanation of the current situation and more like three character bios stuffed into a glib conversation between a sarcastic ne'er do well and his chosen straight man for the moment. While the intros for Cable and Deadpool are pretty standard to what we've seen so far, Deadpool loves himself and kind of respects Cable in a disrespectful way. Uh, the intro for Apocalypse is the actual lead into the issue. At this point in continuity, Apocalypse is supposed to be, for all intents, purposes, per- intent and purpose, dead. However, his inclusion in this recap page and this issue, plus the next one since this prequel story of a two-parter, is meant to imply otherwise. Deadpool simply states the reason for this, a popular villain could help bring up sales for the comic on the brink of cancellation. Don't worry, they limp along for another 24 issues before that actually happens. <laughs> the issue itself opens with a giant splash page battle. Cable, who's brown, not gray, uh, ponytail mullet, does not speak well for the f- style of the future, even though the details in the drawing and wow, that was a badly written paragraph. So Cable has a brown mullet and it's showing us that like what we're looking at happened thousands of years ago, but he is from the future um, as his backstory. And we know that. And it's just, he looks different than we've ever seen him. He has, uh, you know, color in his hair he's a younger guy he's more um carefree in his movements and actions and he's battling the dark right like the dark riders of apocalypse their apocalypse is kind of army over the battle there is a, the distinctly letter narration angler crimson writing on stone tablet like square of apocalypse's secretary assistant or valet Oh, who the fuck cares? It's the lettering of that that is distinct to Ozymandias, uh, the Igor to Apocalypse's Victor Frankenstein, who will someday, after the battle we are seeing, be turned into living stone that doesn't age so that he can serve Apocalypse forever. Oh, sure. Um, that was really in his plans. Um, <laughs> Ozymandias muses about the time that Cable, who he knows as the Traveler, pops in and out of the lives of him and his master. Cable is a distinct enough presence in their hundreds of battles with their dark rider army that he has earned his own whispered nickname around their campfire. Ozymandias, who also ominously states that the outcome of this particular battle, splashing the blood of the fallen, will change the world. Yeah, blood is uh, an important thing in this this issue and kind of the next one. Uh, As Cable cuts the top half of a random dark rider off his horse, uh, surprisingly human-looking Ensaba Nur, which means the first one, as in the first no mutant, 
Um, though the gray skin and blue lips that led to him receiving that name are suspiciously absent here since other stories kind of established that he grew up with, with that look and that was why he was treated like shit at first, but then he had powers too. So, uh, anyway, um, he tries to sneak up behind Cable. Meanwhile, Ozymandias implicitly excuses Apocalypse's duplicitous actions, hereby musing uselessly about the survival of the fittest mantra that the Dark Riders follow. It doesn't matter if Apocalypse's actions is dishonorable as long as he survives. But Cable seems to have little trouble against the leader of the pack. Apocalypse is getting frustrated as he picks up a discarded axe and continues his attack on Cable, yelling that he is tired of the Traveler following them and bothering them. Cable knowingly replies that Apocalypse is in for a lifetime of frustration. Apocalypse gains the upper hand and cuts off Cable's cybernetic arm. As Silver Liquid oozes out of the wound, Apocalypse is astounded that the technology looks like something he saw in the conveyance of the stars and asks Cable what the sword man he is. As Cable fluidly rolls away, draws a pistol, and shoots Apocalypse in the head while replying that he is the man of tomorrow. So <laughs> the conveyance of the stars, he, Apocalypse, they, they established early on, Apocalypse has found uh, technology that is not native to his time or planet. Yeah. <laughs> now, originally, Cable was made out to have traveled back in time to kill Apocalypse, which is why this image is not as significant as it could be. We know that this can't be the actual end of Apocalypse, Cable looks younger than we have ever seen him. Apocalypse is not the gray skin, blue lip monster we already know. And if Cable had killed Apocalypse in the past when he was young, why would he ever show up in the modern continuity to fight against Apocalypse when he is noticeably older than his own father? Yeah, they've they've had comics where they kind of established that like by the time Cable comes back to the to the future and meets everybody, he's like in his 50s while his dad's in his 30s his dad by the way sucks (laughs) anyways cable picks up his severed metal arm and reattaches it the techno organic components fuse together as the astonished dark riders gaze upon their fallen leader ozymandias's narration points out that cable has proven himself to be the fittest so the riders bow to their new master Cable responds by turning his back on them and addressing Ozymandias, stating that his king is dead and that Cable has no interest in the vacated crown. He just wants them to remember that time that someone smarter, stronger, and fiercely bested Apocalypse. As Cable walks away, there is a seemingly unimportant shot of Apocalypse's red blood mixing with the silver blood of Cable's severed arm. Will it be important later, though? Oh, yes. Sorry. It will be important later. <laughs> yep. Uh, meanwhile, in modern uh, Akaba, Stone Ozymandias is musing over a stone receptacle that is filling with blood. He is considering how often he thinks of the previous battle scene in, quote, the days before another rising, unquote. Then we jumped three weeks ago on Providence, Deadpool, Johan Creek, Black Box, Irene Merriweather, and Percy John with no sign of a stellar rod. Damn it! It's still funny. Our discussion <laughs> recent disappearance. Again! 
Black Box says he can give Deadpool and Irene a faint trail to follow by tracking some stolen artifacts that Nate had previously been tracking, and then we slip into another Ozymandias memory. This one is many years after the battle that the comic opened on, but many centuries before the conversation we just got to see on Providence. This time, Cable attacks the soldiers protecting a merchant caravan. The merchants beg for his mercy as Cable inspects the contents of their wagons, a piece of future tech that looks anachronistic compared to every other part of the scene, uh, save for Cable and his glowing eye and metal arm. Uh, Cable spares the merchants. As the caravans pull into a village, a now stone Ozymandias appears annoyed that the delivery is late. Cable pops up with a gun aimed at Ozymandias' head and asks how he and Apocalypse got their hands on technology from the future. Ozymandias replies that Cable is mistaken. This technology is from the ancient past. Meanwhile, in modern Akaba, Deadpool and Irene are skulking around a sphinx with Apocalypse's face finds a way into the Sphinx, using his sword to sort of wedge into one of the bricks and push it open. Uh, And they find glyphs carved into the wall. However, to their surprise, the glyphs are not written in Egyptian, but a Chinese dialect. I think they say something like uh, Hakka or something like that. Black Box is able to access a translation. In appreciation of the struggle and adulation of the onslaught, in preparation of the rising of Apocalypse, and I thought it was hilarious considering how um, popular to kind of relatively unpopular the two um, significant X-Men events were. Like Age of Apocalypse is beloved and remembered fondly. And Onslaught is often remembered very, very um, with mixed mixed appreciation. So I thought it was funny that they kind of threw that in there with an adulation of the onslaught, uh, kind of that reference to the, the villain after Apocalypse's big event. Um, but hearing the name of the major Mar- Marvel villain Apocalypse excites Deadpool and leads him to running further into the Sphinx in um, just in, uh, exuberance uh, as Irene tries to keep up. Coming to an opening, they are attacked by what looks like the Dark Riders from the battle that opened the issue, but if they'd been kind of spliced with locusts. Um, Fortunate scene to see. (laughs) Deadpool fights them enthusiastically while Irene and Black Box, who is running tactical from a remote location, search for more clues about this structure. Most of this seems to be Irene hoping that a new clue will point them away from the most logical conclusion as to whose influence they are dealing with. The clue that she hadn't been hoping for is a smaller, glowing, floating sphinx with Apocalypse's face. That's also very unfortunate. I have to keep seeing that damn face. <laughs> Black Box confirms the presence of Celestial, Scroll, and Badoon technology on other extraterrestrial sources. Uh, Irene's suddenly startled by a dismembered Dark Rider corpse. Uh, Deadpool rushes forth to protect her, even though it was his handiwork that caused her to yell in the first place. And there's like this Three Stooges moment of of her being like, him being like, you screamed! And her being like, because of you! And him going, you screamed! You know, because he's trying to defend her or whatever. While they argue 
Uh, a door opens in the floating sphinx, and two shadowy figures bathed in backlight emerge. Irene gets in one final dig, dig at Deadpool, stating that if he can't beat the Dark Riders, how can he expect to protect her from Apocalypse? Ooh, that's a straight shot to his balls. <laughs> felt that. The Dark Riders, meanwhile, bow with reverence as Cable, with Osmania's following closely behind, is revealed. Then, as the last question, anyone can read Cable Comics in the 90s would expect. Whoever said I wanted to stop Apocalypse from coming back? And that's all for this issue. Next time around, dangling threads will be tied up when they go through the part two of this story. Uh, so, you know, what was so about that battle? Why is Cable working with Ozymandias and the Dark Riders? And why won't, wouldn't Cable want Apocalypse to stay dead? After all, he spent the 90s trying to kill Apocalypse, and then they had, like, if you uh, read Apocalypse the 12 and then Apocalypse Ages of Apocalypse... Uh, in the end, Cable is supposed to have killed Apocalypse, and he has a series where, like, you know, because he kills him when he's possessing Cyclops, so Cyclops is presumed dead for a time, and in the series, he's kind of like with Jean Grey talking about how because he had to kill Cyclops too, he just, he finally got his goal, but he doesn't feel fulfilled because he wants his dad back, or something or other so well, only one of us wants that guy back <laughs> um, part of the story so for me it was uh deadpool's enthusiastic fight with the dark riders he was just he runs it he hears it's apocalypse and he's like oh fucking sweet just random people that he loves when you just kill people i can just run in and kill people and then he just uh, starts fucking hacking at the dark riders for me, honestly, it is just the backstory of them fighting and him able telling him, like, I'm going to be a headache for eternity to you, so you're just going to have to deal with it. That, to me, was my favorite part. This is like, <laughs> son of a bitch. Well, uh, so that was actually, uh, for favorite art, that was my favorite art was actually that, that early battle, uh, particularly the opening splash page where it's just kind of, Cable taking on an army and having no problem with it. Uh, yeah, that would be my favorite art, uh, along with that favorite part of the story. Um, so issue MVP. For me, I said it had to be Black Box. It, it can't be easy to be the Chloe O'Brien to Deadpool's Jack Bauer. <laughs> uh, I'll give you that. Um to me, right there, still, no matter what, is Deadpool being Deadpool towards the end, just having his fun and making a moment for no reason than just to, like, make a moment. Right. All right, shittiest character. <sighs> yeah, Ozymandias. He just kind of seems like a pain in the ass. He like, really could have just died, and you have eternity to think about it. I'm sure you he, can find... he's part of a group that goes by the monster like that goes by the, the, the their whole thing is survival of the fittest survival of the fittest and he's just a sniveling toad who kind of sucks up to apocalypse but has no like everybody could beat him and after he's turned to stone you just need a hammer 
Yeah, like, you know, you could use Preston John's nice phallic symbol hammer to take him out. <laughs> well, see, that was my tie. It was either... It was either Ozymandias for being pretty much useless or Prester John for never bringing his obvious phallic symbol into a battle-heavy issue. I mean, he's there. He's wearing his stupid ruby and looking like, I don't know, a real turtleneck aficionado, like like a buff Dave Kim with long red hair or something. I don't know, but he never has his stellar rod never makes jokes about it and that was that was fucking hilarious i know you really are hurting about that (laughs) i miss it (laughs) anyway so um recently we uh we're starting a new thing where we go over some of the stuff we're reading instead of just always talking about the the movies and stuff because we figure if you're listening to us you and you've listened this far, you obviously have an interest in some form of comics, so why not talk about some and, and give you, uh, hopefully, some give you something you're interested in trying to read. Um, since we talked about Min- Moon Knight earlier, I thought it would be cool to uh, tie in uh, to, to his stuff, because, uh, like, Fabio, or, like... <laughs> <laughs> like Verano said, uh, it was an excellent show. Um, so this is five takeaways from the Age of Khonshu. Uh, Age of Khonshu comes from the End- Avengers 2018 title issues 33 through 37. The first takeaway, number one, Marvel fucking loves ages. They do. Ever... You've gone over a lot of it, and there's it's age of this, age of that. <laughs> Even like individual issues are sometimes just named like just because you know they title every issue, so sometimes just like age of, and it's just like oh damn it, another one. You know they've got the ages of apocalypse, which is the one I'd mentioned that's followed the twelve. Then it was also that one was also referenced in uh, Cable and Deadpool issues during the Enema of the State storyline, where they had to go through different ages of different things to find different aspects of Cable's personality to get tied into Deadpool's harness through mystical energy or comic book logic. You know, it's fun. Um, There's Age of Ultron, which people saw the movie and you kind of, I mean, if you actually read it, it's really good, but Ultron pretty much like fucking beats up everybody and takes over. I forgot that they called the movie that because the comic is actually like an alternate timeline sort of deal, not just like, yeah. Um, there's also the age of X-Man and the age of X. <laughs> the age of heroes. And the age of the century. And those are just the official, like big, like multi-issue, like, Oh, you could probably find this in a trade paperback stuff. I could find. They love ages. They love ages. Like, uh, DC loves crisis crises. Yeah, so. they do. It's like they're, <laughs> yeah, that's their yin and yang right there. Yep. Uh, number two, the Moon Knight in Age of Khonshu is the Moon Knight I want to see in season two. It's the Moon Knight I want to see in the MCU. Um, this story opens with Moon Knight taking some of the strongest Avengers out one by one and either trapping their power sources in mysterious onks 
which he does to Iron Fist, Doctor Strange, and the Ghost Rider Robbie Reyes, or taking their most powerful weapons like he does to Mjolnir. And it's fucking insane. Like, it, and sometimes it's hilarious. The the part where he takes the uh, Iron Fist, he's fight he's fighting with Iron Fist, but it's it's drawn and written, it's plotted like. Uh, an Iron Fist issue. So, like, Iron Fist keeps fighting him and, and throwing these moves, and so they have the name of the move and the hand, like, the specific hand formations that he's doing that they're showing in, like, smaller sub-boxes. And meanwhile, and meanwhile, while he's doing, like, the uh, the pointed stinging fist and the, and the wildebeest concussive hand, like, um, Moon Knight keeps punching him, and it just says, Fist of Kanshu, fist of Kanshu, fist of Kanshu, knee of Kanshu, <laughs> kick of Kanshu, and uh, it's just it's a funny kind of juxtaposition uh, read. And then um, when he takes on, he takes them all out pretty quick. But when he takes out um, Thor, he has this fucking crazy speech where he's like. I'm the Moon Knight. I get my power from the God of the Moon. You never thought about what your Uru is, did you? Uru comes from a moon, and my God is not the God of Earth's moon. It is the He is the God of moons, and so he just basically like he basically st- mentally stops Mjolnir from uh, from hitting him. And it turns blue, and he just sort of has control over it because, like, it's a fucking moon rock, you dumbass. <laughs> and takes and takes uh, Thor's weapon and just buries him in a pile of moons. Um, Damn, he gets him real good. Like, and, and and you know, it's all tied to his connection to to Kanshu, but like. Kanshu's maximized the, the, in the story what happens is Kanshu has had a has had a dream or a premonition of what is to come and he thinks he has to uh take over pretty much the entire earth to save the entire earth because he's had this dream of like it being drowned in hellfire and Mephisto taking over and so he needs all this power to uh kill Mephisto um so and Speaking of, basically, the Moon Knight. I want this. I want this Moon Knight. If we get him in season two of the show, do we also finally get to see an MCU Mephisto? <laughs> From I mean, all that the fucking be good to have, huh? That would actually be good to have. I think that'd be supremely interesting. Um, yeah, with the powers he stole, can't you kill the little pile of Mephistos? Yeah, that's my number three. With the like, how does how does this? And so I'm interested in uh, how much, how well Kanshu's pow, power uh, stacks up against Mephisto without the Iron Fist, Doctor Strange's magical abilities, Robbie Reyes's Ghost Rider connection, and Mjolnir on his side because he was like he, he fucking annihilated. Like basically, Mephisto just kept coming at him and he kept destroying them. And I think. The way they implied, like I haven't, I it, it actually got me interested, and I started reading further into uh, this Avengers title, um, because basically it seems like what happened was, uh, while what Kanshu did was, ta- like he basically takes over the world, and the Avengers have to fight him back, but um, 
the reason he did it, like it ties into something that Iron Man was afraid of, and Iron Man figures out that like there's been like these Mephistos have been organized and are attacking at various points, and so this wasn't just like random shit, you know. Uh, so what is Mephisto's plan, and how? And they like he says they're attacking, you know, specific points in sp- specific areas of timelines. So it sounds like it's multiversal as well. So, like, Kanshu killed a pile of Mephistos. How many fucking Mephistos are there? <laughs> oh, probably one way too many. <laughs> um, number four, it honestly must really, really suck to be an average person in the Marvel Comics universe. Um at least six events out of ten result in some villain or misguided hero taking over the world or causing some sort of global catastrophe. And I'm talking, I, I, I read one recently where, where fucking uh, Iceman gets depressed and the earth covers in snow. Like, he basically brings in a global ice age and people people die from it and stuff. And, like, they... they like. There's a lot of fallout, but what's cool about that comic is like there's a lot of fallout, but there's a lot of fallout that he has to confront directly from the and so it's kind of like where is the responsibility for his power? So like they do have some good, well-written stories about it, but it still has to suck to be the average person in these stories. Honestly, yeah, it's like being living Angel Grove in Power Rangers. Your city's coming <laughs> up every week, regardless, and it's like. For the love of God, you guys go fight somewhere else. Oh, fuck, it's the putties again. Oh, fuck, it's the putties again. Oh, fuck, it's the putties again. (laughs) For anyone who's listening doesn't get that reference, yes, we grew up in the 90s. (laughs) Definitely did. You've had so many opportunities, you still haven't used that line you said you're going to use. Well, I mean, yeah, I haven't, so screw it. Let's keep going. Number five. I almost fucking stole it from you. Uh, <laughs> so even after he's been around for a few years, including his time with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on TV, I still find it hard to take the Ghost Rider in the car seriously. I I like Robbie Reyes as a character, and Gabriel Luna was awesome as him on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like they, they, like it, it was cool to see. But Ghost Rider has to ride, not drive. And it doesn't even have to be a motorcycle as we know them. Uh, you know, Kashala rides a horse. Frank Castle is, uh, in, fu- in storylines set in the future, is a uh, cosmic ghost rider. Um, and what he rides is more like a... It, I mean, it's, it's kind of like what... Excuse me. It's kind of like what Lobo rides in, the, um, in DC. So. Yeah, I guess cos- a cosmic motorcycle. Yeah, but yeah. the Dodge Charger just doesn't do it for me. I I I, I like the character, but nah. I can a bike. Damn it! Got to be it's got to be a bike, not a car. When it comes to Ghost Rider, yeah, or like a horse is fine. Yeah, uh, still cool. Shit, uh, I think the right artist could make a a bicycle look badass. <laughs> Really good artist can make a camel look badass. <laughs> or ghost rider on a unicycle. Take a camel over the unicycle. 
No, but the camel could honestly be. I was trying to think of ridiculous shit. The camel would be badass. I was making a joke about the unicycle. The camel. No, you're right. The camel would be badass. All right. What about an alpaca? No, it's the one that do. No, alpacas aren't llama. (laughs) One of the two. Regardless, they're nasty creatures. Like they can be badass. Wait, can you can you tame and domesticate an ostrich? Yes, but you would still be smart to keep your guard up with them at all times. <laughs> now I'm actually thinking of like, what's that Pokemon that basically was like a baby ostrich in the beginning? No idea. I stopped playing after the 151. Either way, yeah. All right. So, Ghost Rider in the car? Not, not for us. <laughs> no. The char- but I mean the, char- the that's the, the problem is the character's cool. It's just you know get rid of the fucking car. Yep. Um, that is our five takeaways for this. Yep. Uh, so we are brought this show DPIY is brought to you by us. Uh, if you ever feel like uh, helping out, you could spread the word. You could. Give us a three to four star review. Come on, we we're, we're amateurs. We know we're not five star, but you can give us a good uh, a good boost. Come on, help us out. Or uh, you know, we don't have a Patreon, but Anchor will let you donate shit. So uh, whatever you like, we're not picky. We're kind of tired. We both have careers, so. And we do thank you for listening tonight, and more episodes to come. <laughs> more than one a month. Sweet. Yes.